Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this world, there are more stories than stars in the sky. Some are binary, some have long burned out, and some twinkle only for you. But they're all worth pointing your telescope at. So open your lenses wide and listen. Welcome to Brushtown Stories, Episode 15, The Caterwall Initiative, Part 2. As Agent Samara Javadi's head began to clear from the chloroform, she looked around the large, spacious living room. Her captor, Holiday Roman, had sent his gang of samurai to abduct her. Now he was prattling on about who knows what. She leaned forward and spit a pretzel nugget onto the floor. So what, Samara said. You're gonna kill me? Holiday seemed taken aback. Not at all, he said. I'm extending my hand in friendship. Please, Samara shot back. I got a tip linking you to a clown spiracy, and suddenly I'm taken hostage. I've been following your career for a while, and you're not a prisoner. I can call you a car right now. Or a pizza. Or a car with a pizza inside it. Even a car with a pizza with tiny cars as toppings that have even tinier pizzas inside them. But that's as far as it goes, okay? What is your game? Samara narrowed her eyes. She wished she had her gun, but she left it at home when she opted for the meeting with the Bigfoot. We, Holiday said, are on the same side. I helped design the haha camps, but I have my limitations. That's why I contacted Dr. Adelaide Catterwall. Catterwall is a person? Samara was racing to put the pieces together, but they refused to fit. If you consider the Dutch people... <laughs> Kidding. Yes, she's quite the person, quite the doctor. When she was at Harvard, she helped run an interesting experiment. Student volunteers were strapped to electrodes and bright lights were shined in their eyes. And then for hours, a speaker they couldn't see would tear apart their beliefs and ideals. They used lawyers trained in debate. The subjects were humiliated, destroyed, embarrassed. Then, they were made to watch a recording of themselves going through the procedure. Again, and again, and again, and again, and the feelings would be brought anew. They were completely broken. Out of those Harvard student volunteers, six went on to work with the Reagan administration, four became millionaires, five became homeless, three disappeared, and one became the Unabomber. That's what they were able to do with college students. Imagine what we can do with the clowns. Samara was taken aback. What do you mean? Holiday smiled. The government has given me a contract to work on the clown detainees. 
and Dr. Catterwall and I have designed a thorough program to begin at Levityworth and then take it to all the camps. You've done good work hunting down those grease-painted scum. I want you on my team. I can offer you a very generous package. Dental, eye care, paid vacation at my timeshare in Ibiza. What you're talking about is torture. I'd never be a part of it. The government would never sanction that. They already have. Holiday replied, it's sick. Do you have sympathy for those chucklers? Holiday cocked his head to one side and stared at Samara as if she were an odd postmodern minimalist sculpture. He blinked twice. I hate clowns, but there are limits. They still have rights, Holiday frowned. We can reshape them. We can put a hot poker in their brains and swirl it around, <laughs> metaphorically. Imagine what we can do if we can turn these red-nosed weapons into a force for good. Reformed. Reformed or mentally destroyed? Is that worse than locking them away forever in a dark cell? Samara stood up. I want to leave. Her mouth was dry. Holiday Roman walked over to her. He put a hand on her shoulder. I understand, he said. I'm disappointed, but I understand. You are an inflexible rod. I can't have you going out the front door. If you don't know exactly where you look, you'll end up thinking you're dead. Guitar's foyer. Anyway, just breathe deep. He held up a purple device that looked like a watering can. A purple gas wafted out with a hiss. Then Samara fell into a deep sleep. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com slash plus. And now, Fall of the House of Sunshine is offering episode commentary to Fable and Folly Plus supporters, still entirely ad-free. Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at fableandfolly.com slash plus. Samara woke up in her own bed, tucked in. On her bedside was a small blue plate with rye toast and two poached eggs, still warm, and two Advil. There is a note saying that the gas lowers iron levels, but the eggs in Advil should counteract any negative effects. There was also a small chocolate. The note said the chocolate had no value other than being delicious. Samara ate the eggs and took the Advil, but she wasn't happy. She couldn't focus. Holiday Roman's words banged around her head. She decided to go to the shooting range and try to kick the anger that was eating away at her. But no matter how many holes she put in the target, the idea of experimenting on clown prisoners twisted up her stomach. Maybe he was lying, she thought. Maybe it was a trick. So she talked to her supervisor, who said he hadn't heard about it, but he'd make some inquiries. He was a madman. He got off on twisting people's minds. She wasn't going to let him get to her. Time passed, and she did her best to push the thoughts out of her head. She continued to pursue the Catterwall letter, but then she was summoned to the director's office. The director informed her to drop the case and focus on the clowns that were still at large. Samara pressed the director, asking him if they were partnering with Holiday Roman. But the director again told her to focus her efforts elsewhere. She was being stonewalled. She pressed the issue again, but the director asked if she'd prefer to be reassigned. He suggested Alaska or Guam. There was a threat veiled in a smile and a recitation on all the good work Samara had done for the Bureau. But it was a threat, and it confirmed her worst fears. Holiday Roman was telling the truth. Samara left the meeting defeated. 
How could she work for a place that would hire someone like Holiday? And if their intentions were pure, why be so secretive about it? She decided to see her mentor, Nick Jacoby. He retired a few years back and now ran an apiary in the Adirondacks. Honeybun's ranch sprawled across several acres of rolling hills and wildflowers. When Samara parked on the gravel driveway, she saw Nick watching her. He smiled at her from his porch. He looked beatifically calm, sipping an Arnold Palmer. His gray hair fell into his eyes, so he was constantly sweeping it back with his large, scarred hands. He listened to Samara as she told him about Holiday Roman and Dr. Catterwall. He let her vent and rage until she leaned back in the rocking chair with a sigh. She felt like a wrung-out towel. Then she asked him what she should do. Nick said he can't answer that, but that her quitting wouldn't stop it. She could either fight from the inside or the outside. But he knew in her way she would fight. Things don't change overnight, and sometimes they never do. But he knew she still had a lot of good to do. Would walking away from everything be the best course of action? Samara considered. She knew that nothing is perfect. That America is riddled with bad decisions and dubious acts. But knowingly partnering with a minor supervillain and torturer? Samara bit her lip, and then said the whole thing cracked her heart a bit. Nick nodded. He took a sip of his drink. He ran his fingers over the scars that ran along his hands. Cracks we can live with, he said. Samara stood up and walked to the edge of the porch and looked out at the small clusters of beehives on the nearby hill. I just don't know what to do, she said. Get a milkshake, Nick said with a smile. Think it over. He then told her where to get the best milkshakes in the tri-state area. Their purple cow shake was featured in the I Screamer, a foodie blog of some note written by former punk screamo band member Halden Smythe. So she did. While sitting at a booth sipping her purple cow, she thought about what Nick had said. She was still unsure, but Samara didn't have long to ponder the situation because suddenly a group of clowns burst into the shop. They were carrying AR-15s. The leader fired in the air and then declared, I am Splat the Pie Face! We are the Laffer Mine Goof Gang! This is a political act! The other clowns honked their noses in solidarity. Then they aimed their guns at the customers. But before they could fire, Samara leapt to her feet and shot two of the goons. She then kicked off the table and landed a flying kick right to Splat's pie face. This is what she did and she was good at it. And even if the world was imperfect or unfair, and that crack in her heart was real, she knew what she had to do. And she was gonna do it well. Brushtown Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Origlieri. Samara Javadi is me, Melissa Lusk. Find out more about the show and cast at podmusical.com. Find out more about... Sorry, it just says... It just says mole thing here. I, I think... I think Matt was going to write another mole thing and forgot to... Uh, sorry, one sec. I'll have to improv. <laughs> That's live podcasting for you. Show business. Here we go. Mole National Park is Ghana's largest wildlife refuge. The park is home to over 93 mammal species, including elephants, hippos, warthogs, and two dikers, both the red and yellowback varieties. But no moles, which, if I'm being honest with you, sounds like paradise right now. Thanks for listening, and have a suntabulous bicuspid of a day. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.